Hey, what's up guys? How's it going? Welcome to another week of uh, yeah, Motivated Millennium, where we get deep and talk about the stuff that really matters in life. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, we're coming up on the year mark that I lost my wife. So today, sorry, this week has been um, just a lot of reflection, you know? A lot of thinking about like well honestly a, a lot of thinking about like uh memories um so when i guess when we first lost her what i did was i just totally dissociated right i, I took everything i mean uh furniture pictures anything that had like a memory associated with it i literally took it and got rid of it uh, <laughs> either threw it away or packed it up in a box and the biggest thing that, or I, I would say like the most important thing was, was probably the photos. Um, between all the photos and videos that we took and things like that, I probably had about like 3,000 uh, different files. And keep in mind, we'd only been married two years. So basically when we weren't taking pictures of each other, we were sleeping or thinking about sleeping. And so I was a lot of like material. To, but sorry, sorry, let me back up. So I took all these photos and stuff, and I basically just put them in a box in a separate storage file, uh, terabyte disk thing, and uh, didn't touch them or look at them for the, the past year. And then, I don't know. For some reason, I just, I just had this, like, desire to get back into them. Uh, to open up, to take a look at them, and go through some of the memories that we had. And that was... I'm trying to think of like a different word for hard. Um, because <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, a day at work where you get a ton of customers and you just got to be like, oh, well, we got a lot of people, time to stick it to it and, and go really hard and be a good person. I mean, this was more of like gut-wrenching you know what I mean yeah because it wasn't it, it wasn't just like you know like oh wow look at this and stuff like that I mean it was seeing just you know how we were happy how we were being a married couple and all that jazz and working to just you know not only be better people but to create a family and things like that because that's obviously what you do when you get married you try to you know uh, create a family, even though, even if it's family too, right? So, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to share this quote real quick, and I apologize, I cannot find who came up with this quote, so this one is from somebody anonymous, uh, but it goes, quote, when someone you love becomes a memory, the memory becomes a treasure, Close quote. And, dude, they're so right. Because the thing is, is going through those photos and stuff like that, like, I'm so glad that I didn't delete them, that I didn't just throw them away like I did with so many other things, right? That I actually kept them, and I was able to go back and look on the happy times and, and the precious memories that we shared. Because there's a lot of anger and, and just, uh, like, injustice uh, just like rage almost that's going on like really really why her why her why not anybody else and uh, you know why did this happen like why 
couldn't it have gone so a different way, a better way, like it has with all these other people, right? And a lot, a lot of that is just it's missed opportunities and things like that, right? I mean, you guys are together, you have a family and stuff like that, and then when it's gone, automatically you you just like I I feel cheated on. I feel like this is unfair and that life has dealt me best or a, a bad hand. You know, for example, like trying to set our family up and, you know, between like the wedding and the honeymoon and moving multiple different times and a bunch of different stuff, you know, we were financially in debt and that's something that, you know, came with being married and just supporting family and stuff like that, especially being a full-time college student, like you're not making a lot of money, so you kind of have to delve into the resources that are available. And a lot of what I've been thinking just in that regard is whether or not it's worth it, you know, like should I have not even gotten into debt? I mean, maybe I should have just waited it out, you know? I mean, if I knew that she was going to be gone in two years, like, what, what is all this for? Like, this is just a waste of money, really, is what the thought process was. And going through these photos, it really does show you that, for me anyways, it was worth it. It was totally worth it. I mean, the, you know, financial sort of like uh, boundaries that I'm in and I wouldn't say the lack of freedom, but just the like sort of extra burden that comes with the finances that I'm going through. Like, you know, the, the extra money that I get in my paycheck, like it isn't being saved, it's getting put towards credit cards and stuff like that. So it's not like, you know, we're hurting for money or anything like that, but it would definitely be nice to like invest that, do a portfolio put that towards other things like the community and stuff like that instead of, you know, paying off old debts. But I would do it again in a heartbeat because memories that we shared were just, they were treasures, you know? They're priceless. There's something that I get to hold with me that <clears throat> I guess can never go away. I remember when my mom, when my mom died, and I guess I finally came to grips with it and, and started trying to figure out how to process it and uh, like acclimate that into my life. I was talking to my therapist about it and just, you know, how it still comes in waves. I mean, I mean, we're talking like 20 years after the fact, right? That she's passed away, and still I'm over here like. Oh, life is so hard and I just can't get through another day because it's just terrible. And how, <laughs> I don't know, dramatic that sounds. <laughs> and one of the things he hit me with was, well, how often do you talk to her? And, <laughs> you know, after I did my little like word vomit of seance and weird supernatural sort of rituals, he was like, no, nothing weird like that. I'm talking about just like when you feel her around or when you, you wish that you she was here and you could talk to her. Like, what do you say in those moments? And obviously the answer at that point in time was nothing. I don't talk to dead people. That's weird. And I don't know, slightly psychotic. At least it seems like it would be. And so he challenged me to do it, you know. He was like, hey, um talk to your mom <laughs> pretend like she's still here pretend like she can hear you on the other side you know whether that be heaven or you know incarceration or whatever and um 
yeah, see, see how it goes. See how you feel. And I remember this specifically. It was, I think it was like the second year in college. I'd um, literally got my car. I was going to go drive to one of my favorite mountains, and I was going to go climb the mountain and then use that as like a catalyst to talk to her in a place that I felt comfortable and there wasn't anybody else around, so I didn't have to feel embarrassed. So we're driving. We got to the mountain. And I started hiking up this trail. It was like the middle of winter, so it was all wintry, and like I was decked out in a bunch of different layers and snowshoes and stuff like that. I say snowshoes, technically, they were like milk crate things, like the sides of those milk crate cartons, or not cartons, but like they're plastic, they have holes, and I'd sort of just tied them onto my feet with um, string, but they worked. And I used that to head up the mountain to apparently converse with, uh, with my mom. And I didn't get very far. I maybe got like a half mile up this mountain uh, before. First of all, I got exhausted because um, your boy is a, is a marathon runner. And, uh, you know, hiking dead of the winter is not something that my body is super excited about. So, you know, half a mile in and my body was like, okay, cool. Let's uh, stop and take a second to think about whether this is what healthy people do or whether this is something that you're going to use as a cautionary tale. And I was sitting on a log and just... I remember looking at like the trees and the snow and things like that and it was a perfect it was a perfect place i mean there's nobody else around it's just me i'm at the mountains i'm with nature a place where i feel comfortable a place where i like grew up just kind of going to find solace and uh cherish those memories and went for it i mean it started out super simple and like really shaky i think it said something like you know hey mom i miss you or something simple like that i don't really remember the words what i remember though is just a feeling of the guards coming down because for so long i had kind of kept that wall up between like me and who i am as a person my character and stuff like that and the vulnerability and the hurt and the pain and the anguish and the loss and all of that stuff i mean I wanted to separate those two so that it never affected me who I was as a person or like how it affects my work ethic or being a leader, an influencer for people or, you know, worst case scenario, becoming a burden for somebody that becomes annoying to the point where they talk about it during like, you know, brunches with their other suburban individuals or uh, suburban cohorts or whatever. And um, I was not ready for that. I mean, <laughs> I remember just bawling my eyes out on the side of this mountain because for the first time in a long time I actually let myself just feel the loss of my mom and um, just kind of feel that pain for a little bit you know instead of dissociating it or trying to pin it down pretend like it doesn't exist because that's what I wanted to do at the time so yeah score one for the therapist we won that round but that was the start of a journey, a journey of learning that it's okay to connect with our loved ones that have, you know, passed on and um, stay connected with them because those memories don't just go away. I mean, things, things happen. Like every time I see an old model, um, what does she used to drive, like a Toyota or something like that? I always think about her. Um, anytime I see, <laughs> anytime I hear the song, uh, Hey Santa, I... Uh, I don't remember exactly who the artist is, but whenever I whenever I hear it, it just uh, it just makes me think of her, you know. And 
literally talking to her out loud is just kind of a way that it feels less one-sided um feels like you guys are still connected and it's not an eternal goodbye it's just a really long separation i guess <clears throat> that's not the right words but i don't have a script for this podcast so you get the ad-libbing um or improvisation so if you want to join along with this improv you can just start yes anding that's an improv joke. You know what? This is all not making any sense, and I'm just talking out of my head right now. So we're going to move on. Um, there is a quote who I did find is from, hold on, Jody. Wow. I, sh- I really should have checked on that before I decided to talk about this publicly. Just, it's funny. Jody's my mom's first name. Anyways, so Jody says, uh, quote, I don't know what it is about death that makes it so hard. I suppose it's the one-sided communication. The fact that we never get to ask our loved ones, or we never get to ask our loved ones if, and she says she, so I'm going to use that. We never get to ask our loved one if she suffered, if she is happy wherever she is now. Sorry, guys. I gotta take a second. Oh, sorry, guys. Whew. Had to take a second there, cause uh, yeah, this is this is pretty much me. I've uh, God, I've just been a mess the past week, just going through this stuff, cause it does. It really comes in waves. You don't expect it or really have any control over it. So that's fun. Learning how to roll with the punches. Um, okay. So. I suppose it's the one-sided communication. The fact that we never get to ask ask our loved ones if she suffered, if she is happy wherever she is now, if she is somewhere. It's the question mark that comes with death that we can't face. Not the period. Close quote. And again, that's from uh, Jody Picoult. And God, she hits it right on the nail. I mean... It really, it really is a question mark. I mean, that's what people get caught up. That's what I got, what I got caught up on over the past year was, was just the, the what ifs, you know. Like, what if we did have the time and opportunity to start a family? What, what if, you know, I had taken a different route that night? What if it was me instead of her? Like, there's just so much that goes into that question mark. And again, you can't do anything about it you can't find answers you can't fight to change the outcome you literally just have to like assimilate or or acclimate to to those questions and those open-ended sort of i don't know life experiences that go on anyways case in point the reason that i bring all this up is that uh this was this was the first week that um that I actually talked to her that I actually like whew, talked <laughs> sorry guys I'm trying to get through this <clears throat> this is the first week that I actually talked to my wife and it just it it felt so weird and wrong because 
I, I think the first thing was, was just anger, you know? Like, why? <laughs> why aren't you here? Because I'm struggling so bad. And literally, I would give anything for just, just five more minutes. God, to at least say goodbye, you know? One last time to tell you I loved you, but... <clears throat> I don't know. The anger slowly sort of faded into just, well, this. <laughs> this mess and sadness and loss and um, just a, a blubbering mess because I don't know what to do with, with those memories other than to, to just watch them and look back on them and, and think about how incredibly blessed I was to have that to have somebody who <laughs> to have somebody who I had like a stupid handshake with <laughs> that we would do anytime <clears throat> that we would do anytime something really cool came up or you know the the laughter from from stupid little movie quotes <laughs> like I guess I'll die. Or, you know, just stupid stuff like that. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's dark right now. I mean, we're definitely going through, like, a season of winter just in my personal life. And it's really easy to kind of get sucked down into that. Whew. But something that kind of helps, especially keep me centered, is just knowing that Damn it, we had just just that true love, you know? That that real love that you read about and especially for me, somebody who came from a broken family that's been through I don't know, <laughs> like ten experiences and a half of just horrific and <clears throat> tragic things. I definitely had the hope that someday I would get married to somebody that could be the personification of that true love that I believed in and that I knew existed. And, God, it sucks that it only was there for, what, two years? And then, you know, it just sort of got ripped away. But the fact that it ever existed in the first place is a really important detail that it's got to have the spotlight on it, you know? <laughs> That's really what it comes down to is just <clears throat> paying attention and focusing on those beautiful moments that um, made life worth living for. So if you guys are if you guys are in the same situation and you know going through the same stuff that I am, I would implore you to maybe be ready for the time when you get to go back those memories and, and go back to those uh, special times that just set your heart on fire and really made life the beautiful and amazing miracle that it is eventually when everything subsided I mean keep in mind like this took a year this took a year for me to actually get to a point where like I could you know reach out and um, <clears throat> well just talk to her about what was on my mind um, so you know 
I'll try to jump into it before you're ready, but be prepared that the time will come where you'll feel like you need to talk to him. And you should, well, not talk, be, connect, you know? It doesn't have to be as dramatic and eccentric as, like, actually talking to them out loud. That's just what worked for me. That's what my professional told me to do, and I went with it and ran, you know? I mean, I will I will give some backup, right? So uh, Dr. Allison Forey says, Speaking out loud to a loved one who has passed, whether at a gravesite or out loud at home, is helpful for many people processing grief. I will sometimes encourage my clients to speak to an empty chair in an effort to help them cope with grief. Many people will experience a sense of disbelief after they've lost a loved one. By encouraging people to speak out loud to their loved one, it helps them resolve that disbelief. Uh, close quote, even though I didn't say open quote at the beginning. But she's right. It does kind of help with that coping with grief and that resolve. So, yeah, just uh, don't fight it. Just sort of lean into it. Let it happen. Because it does help a lot. And honestly, those memories that once were just, God, so painful end up becoming some treasure memories. Sorry, end up end up becoming a treasure. Uh, they really do. They become that stuff that you just kind of hold on to. It gives you hope for a future and a better life, you know. So, thanks for joining in and dealing with my <laughs> processing emotions and whatnot in the moment. It was super fun to do that, man, in front of you guys. But, again, I know you guys are doing your best. And I believe in you guys. I know you got this, and, uh, you know, I'm with you all the way. So, take care, make your choices, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So.